Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Jeremy Blair. And I'm Rain Whalen. Oh man, um, again, sorry about all the Patty Smith last time. Um, when I uh, when I was editing the video for that, and I, and I got to the end, um, I was like, no one's gonna get that. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, well, the YouTube audience isn't gonna get it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and also, sorry for saying I get it 49 times. That's a lot. There's a lot of times, man. Well, There's a lot of times. I would say between the two of us, uh, let's put it, let's have it between the two of us. So sure. That, well, actually, it's not a, it's not a, a whole half. So one of us said it 25 times, I said it 24. So I'm gonna say you. Oh, I forgot to put these. You said it on the table. Sorry. 24. Oh wow, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so I'm gonna say you said it 24, and I said it 25. Cause, sure. Yeah, because that was a lot. It and, was a lot. <laughs> it was quite a bit. Uh, but you know, I mean, it, it was fine. Uh, um, but this week is very special. I am very excited. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to acknowledge, because as we were just talking about off mic, uh, this one isn't necessarily strange uh, or fitting into my my loose strange category. Um, it's just good. It's just good. And I just really wanted to talk about it. You yeah. know, um, like I said last week, I, uh, I watched this one on my own accord. Um and fell in love with it. I mean, just like I did with Nocturnal Animals, you know. Yeah. Uh, granted, you kind of forced me to watch that, but that's fine because I wanted to see it anyway. But this time, I was like, you know what? No, I want to. I want to. I want to be big boy now, <laughs> and uh, watch a movie that Jeremy doesn't recommend. Yeah. Um. So yeah. But I do recommend. Yes. So, um. So Jeremy, what are we? What are we? What are we talking about? Oh man, dude, we're talking about Tom Ford's. A single man. A single man. Yeah. So, uh, or Christopher Isherwood's uh, a single man. Taught him. Yeah. 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 You, you get. It. You get it. Um, and uh, like we mentioned last week, so this is Tom Ford's directorial debut. Yeah. Um, we talked about his second movie in the first official episode of Reservations of the Rain and Jeremy back in season two, episode Uno. Uh. Because that was when you, you, because I'd, I'd asked you, like, hey, let's just be my co host. Let's just do this, me and you, just do this. And you were like, well, hey, let's, let's cap this one off as season one. And then I want to, and let's start season two with Nocturnal Animals. And I was yeah. like, okay. And, uh, and the rest is history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very boring, dull history. <laughs> oh, not for us. I well, mean, no, not for us. But for y'all. Maybe. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but yeah, and so so I I loved Nocturnal Animals. It was so good. It was so for only his second movie, he crushed it. Yeah. And so like I was mentioning last week, I was just kind of on this really weird Tom Ford. Like I was just thinking about him for some reason. Yeah, just think about Tom Ford. Um as you do, you know. Yeah, anybody does. I mean, local Texan as well. Yeah. Not local Texan. Also, uh, fellow Texan. Fellow Texan. Um, and I, don't know, I was just thinking about him, and I was like, yeah, what was that? Jeremy told me that he did another movie. What was that other movie again? And not to be confused with A Serious Man. Which is also good. Yes. Uh, which I, actually, that's what I thought it was at first. I was like, right, it's like A Serious Man. And then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, A Single Man. Single Man. Um, didn't those movies come out around the same time, though? Do you think that's why maybe I got confused? Maybe, because this one came out in, like, 08. Oh, nine. Oh, nine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, around the same time. <laughs> so I wonder how Joel and Ethan Cohen. Because I think it's around the same time. Ah, 
Future Rain, fact check that. That's why we have you. He's not going to fact check. Yeah, maybe not. No. Maybe just to spite us. (laughs) Um, Anyway, and so I was like, oh, yeah, single man. That's right. And then uh, I didn't realize who was in it. So I was like, Colin Firth. Oh, okay. Julianne Moore. Already sold right there. Yep. And then I read the synopsis on IMDb uh, about a uh, college professor in 1962, Los Angeles. Um, November 30th, 1962. Yes. Uh, dealing with depression while not being allowed to be openly gay. That sold me. And so I was like, screw it. Let's watch it. It was on Netflix at the time. It's now on Prime because Netflix took it off. Bastards. Wow. But it's on Prime now for free. And uh, just fell in, really, like, really fell in love with all the choices Tom Ford made as a first-time director in terms of cinematography and storytelling. And it it just, it really blew me away, man. Yeah, I don't know much about Tom Ford besides the, you know, bringing Gucci out from bankruptcy and then, you know. And then saying... Fuck you guys and making my own life. Well, like, yeah. And then, you know, besides the fashion mogul stuff, I really don't know much about him. So it's almost like it feels like making movies is an afterthought to him. I think so. And then it ends up being amazing, you know, which isn't fair. But <laughs> it's almost it's almost like you're saying that making movies is just like a passion project. Like, yeah. It's and I've heard him say or, uh, you know, read uh, something that he's like, this is what gets out my creativity. I get out my creativity by making movies. And it's like, you get at your creativity by making amazing, you know, like critically acclaimed, like, uh, yeah, you know, like Oscar nominated movies. movies. That's what you do. Cool, man. And Real please, cool. and please make more for yeah. the love of God. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, is I think it's eight or nine years in between. Yeah. Cause the I, two. I think nocturnal animals is 17. Or, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Tom, if you're watching or listening, please make more movies. Yeah. Please make more movies, man. Um, um we, and I will, I will gladly wait eight more years yeah, for sure. another one. Sure. But maybe turn that down to like four years. Yeah. Because I want more. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny that he says that. I know. Um, so, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Um, where do you want to start with this? Oh, boy. Um, well, uh, I guess we can just start, you know, with let's just talk about, you know, the story as a whole. So. Yeah, okay. Um, Colin Firth. Uh, plays George. Uh, George uh, is dealing with the loss of his partner, Jim, uh, played by uh, Matthew, Matthew Good. Good. Yeah, uh, some of you might know him as Ozymandias. Um <laughs> or uh, he—he's in a lot of shit. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. But to our Watchmen fans out there, yeah, he's Ozymandias. Um, and it's been eight months. Yes. Yeah, I had to look that up uh, last night because I wanted to. For the episode, I wanted to know how much time has passed for yeah. George. So that happened. So this is November. Uh, November. Oh, man, we're working backwards? Right. October, September, August, July, June, May. No, April, May. No, I had it right the first uh, time. May, April. May, April, March. So it happened in March. March. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! So, <laughs> and I'm sure Future Rain will correct me if I got that wrong. Who cares? Doesn't matter. <laughs> so, so yes. So Jim dies, and uh, he has just been, you know, really struggling. Yeah. Uh, these past eight months, and today he's decided, last day. Yep. 
Um, so before we move on, it took me a while to understand what he was talking about. Because, mm-hmm. again, Testament, as we've talked about numerous times with numerous different movies, Testament to Great Writing, I kind of didn't know what George was really talking about in his uh, narration uh, until I saw the gun. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. So today's um, his last day. Yes. Because uh, I was interpreting it as because, you know, he says today is going to be different. And I was like, OK, so he's decided today's the day. I'm going to move on. No. Technically, he is moving on. Yeah, technically, I guess. From this life. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but he's still going to go through, like, he, he didn't take a day off of work or anything. No, homie, homie's like, I got to get my affairs in order. I got to go to work. Yeah. Um, I got to, I got to see my buddy. Yeah. Uh, Lee Pace. Yeah. Oh, uh, Julianne Moore. You Julianne Moore. My bad. Got to yeah. see Julianne Moore. Got to see Julianne Moore. And then I got to kiss this world fucking adieu. Yeah. So, but again, he, he goes through the motions of the day, but he does it differently. And, and we see evidence of this through, uh, like Nicholas Holt's character, uh, is saying, Hey man, why don't you ever talk to us like that? You know, Mm -hmm. like where he's being very candid and he's, you know, he's being honest. Right. And he's, you know, just telling them how it is. He's not at that point. He wasn't, Professor George, he was George. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we should mention that Nicholas Holt is in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he's one of his students. Baby Beast. Baby Beast. Um, and thanks to Harry Potter, every time, because he calls him Mr. Potter the whole movie, uh, all I could think of is, is Harry Potter. Yeah. I was like, Tom, why didn't you just write in? He calls him Kenny. Because that's not who he is in the book. So. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. George is. And. And we see, even though he's decided to end his life, he in these isolated incidents, he's appreciating the beauty in these incidents. Yeah, and of course the cinematography there is great, where yeah. uh, he bumps up the color, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, everything's more vibrant when he is... When, he's, when we're seeing it through George's eyes. When, when we're seeing him notice something beautiful, mm-hmm. in a sense, right? You know, you would almost think like, Life's not so bad right now. Yeah. Right. Um, and this happens throughout the movie where um, where he was watching. I think the f- one of the first times is when he's watching those guys play tennis. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Of course, well, technically the first time is when he's thinking of Jim. Right. Uh, right. Those, those memories are uh, always. Uh, yeah. Always in the, this vibrant color. Um, but yeah, the first time we see it through George's eyes in real, in, in, in the present yeah. is when, yeah, those guys at the college are playing tennis and yeah. Lee Pace is going on and on about, uh, the fucking nuclear Holocaust. <laughs> we should mention this is, this is, uh, a few weeks, I believe after the Cuban missile crisis. So, uh, fear and anxiety are, are high in America. Because uh, you know Cold War stuff. Yeah, I know. That's all that. That's all that Cold War stuff right there. <sighs> Don't trust like that. I know. So, <laughs> so anyway, so he is. It's as he's going through the motions of life, but it's different, right? Yeah. He's, he's treating his day different than he normally would, right? Yeah, like um, like complimenting his secretary's um, hair, hair and lipstick, right? 
Yeah. He wouldn't normally do that. And you can tell that he's never done that. Yeah. Or when he compliments, uh, or not compliments, when he thanks Alva, his housekeeper, yeah. and gives her a kiss on the cheek, you can tell she's like... like Yeah. Which, in my opinion, if she's been cleaning his house for as long as she has, that should have sent off like red flags. <laughs> like, wait, he never treats me like that. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, that's fine. She just needs to thaw that bread. So she needs to do. <laughs> Um, but that's obviously fresh, a little too fresh. <laughs> so anyway, um, I also really liked the uh, the quick shot of what George imagines um, Lee Pace's uh, bomb shelter looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. I, you I, know. I didn't catch that on the first watch through, and then last night when I was rewatching it, I was like, oh hey, yeah, <laughs> because you know as he's being distracted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that quick you know, flash of what must that look like, you know, yeah. pops into his mind. Uh, and Tom Ford does a great job in intercutting those things mm-hmm. uh, because we don't really get something like that again. It's, a, it's something, you know, uh, very quick, yeah. right? This, this very, you know, sort of tongue in cheek, you know, comedic moment, um, which I liked. So, um, again, this, these events take place over one day. So, yes, which as I mentioned last week, most movies uh or even tv shows that do this i really can't stand so you're not a 24 guy no or perfect example the final season of how i met your mother is literally one day dude don't get me started oh don't get me started bro that's my favorite show and they (sighs) don't get me started bro anyway but i didn't mind it yeah uh mainly because it doesn't feel like it's one day yeah. Because of these isolated incidents and, and things that are happening to George. Yeah, it is. Again, this one's very episodic. Yeah. Right? And you know, the intercuts of flashbacks to he and Jim's relationship. And and then when it finally hit me that it was the same day was when he's, um, and we'll get there a little bit more, but practicing, I guess, on how he's going to yeah, do so it. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of moments when you think he's just going to, you know, just go ahead and do it, you yeah. know? But then, and I forgot her character's name, Julianne Moore. Uh, uh, Charlotte, or but he calls her Charlie. Uh, Charlie. So when Charlie uh, calls the first time, they make plans, right? Mm-hmm. And then when he's has the gun in his mouth and he's practicing, and he's like getting in the sleeping bag and stuff, like he's, or maybe those are two separate instances. No, no, because no, uh, she's calling again, and he's like, no, I didn't forget the gym. I'll see you in 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, did she interrupt him or did, was he just practicing? That I don't know. Uh, By the way, he needs more practice because he was just going to blow out the back of his throat, which um, he'll live through, um, more than likely. Uh, and also, I was telling Ashley this, uh, speaking of his, I, I guess, practicing. I was telling Ashley this last night. Um, I don't know if it was meant to be comedic. But I thought that was pretty funny. That he's just... Because like he's, he's like... Pointing then, it all the way back. And then he's like adjusting his pillows. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, you know what? I'll try in the bathtub. You know, maybe it kind of is. It, I think it might be. It's supposed to be sort of... And uh, then like, okay, you know what? I'll dark, get the sleeping bag. Darkly funny. Because he yeah. doesn't want there to be a huge mess. <laughs> right. Oh, and then he always got all his... his uh, his. I guess when he wants to be buried and laid out. Yep. Tie in a Windsor knot. Which I had to pause that. Because I wasn't really paying it... A, Attention to oh, the, the note. The handwriting's atrocious. Or oh. it's, I don't know if it's like really bad, but I mean, it's just really, you know. It's very fast cursive. Yeah, very fast. And so I was like, 
Oh, Ty and Windsor. Ty okay. and Windsor. Um, but yeah, you know, so... Would you have thought to put what, what knot you wanted your tie in? No. I wouldn't have either. Uh, well, one, because I'm not suicidal, and two... As I mentioned to Ashley last night, only a gay man would have said <laughs> out. You think um, so? I mean, that's not to be discriminatory, but Ooh, I mean, I mean, <sighs> I get what you're saying. So in most film, when a someone commits suicide, they don't lay out. What is your okay? So I don't, I don't want to go through all of them. So let's okay, let's, let's talk about your favorite, your favorite episodic moment. Okay. Mine. It would probably be a tie okay. between when he meets uh, Carlos. Okay. Yeah. I really love that interaction because he, for the first time in at this point in the movie, he's George is letting his guard down. Not essentially telling, he's not telling someone that he's going to kill himself, but he is being a little bit more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And really just kind of listening to uh, Carlos's story about, you know, coming to America because, you know, he, a friend of his mom's promised that he could make it in the movies, but, you know, that hasn't really worked out and he's just become a prostitute. Um, It kind of reminded me a lot of uh, re-watching it and after watching last week's episode, it kind of made me think of... Uh, him talking about like you know they all have these stories Mm -hmm. it's almost like that's what george was wanting i want your story right i want to hear a story um so i really love that and it didn't help that the dude's like super hunky yeah man and he does actually kind of look like james James dean Dean. yeah i agree with that um and i'd also agree he's better looking than james dean yeah don't tell mickey i said that um yes my uh i don't think i've ever talked about it my mom loves james dean yeah um now, anyway now i i would also say that this is the longest we've been in the in this color cinematography too, yes um when he's talking with carlos and we should we forgot to mention so when george is experiencing this beauty and we cut back to from someone else's perspective george is very muted and very gray but then when we cut through george's eyes it's very vibrant which that's i i was sold immediately um and then what it ties with is probably his final interaction with charlie okay yeah mainly the the fight that they have when charlie um essentially kind of calls him out for saying that what he and jim had wasn't real love um that her and george could have had real love and a real relationship Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, uh, I apologize if anyone can hear my wife laughing. She's watching uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it was just, it was just such a beautiful, like, I, I thought the whole movie was beautiful. Like, in terms of tone and writing and everything about the movie was beautiful. So I just, I really liked that George, you know, because it's, <sighs> I, it felt to me, at least, this was Tom's way to kind of get some of his own frustration out. Because mm-hmm. Tom Ford himself being a, an openly gay man. Um, and George goes in this great 
angry monologue and he's not really screaming but he is talking very loudly to charlie about how he and jim were together for 16 years and if that's not real like then what did you have with richard right and her, her ex-husband and if if jim hadn't died they still would have been together yeah. right so i mean this isn't you know again this is a very 1960s mentality right about uh homosexual relationships mm-hmm. um which and and so so it's a tie between those two because it's cool. Cause especially because you don't think that that's how that scene's gonna go, right? Um, with Charlie and uh, with, with their last interaction, because you know it starts off very, you know, two old friends just catching up, and then you know you start to learn like, okay, well she, she's in love with him. She doesn't love him. She's in love with him, mm-hmm. uh, and then she, she kind of puts her foot in her mouth. Yeah, and she and honestly, it's just she can't. She can't let go of her feelings of, with George, even though I think she just, she knows that he is unavailable. Yeah. Right. And so she has dedicated her life to trying to get George to notice her and to get George to, I guess, essentially want her back. Right. Yeah. And it's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I just, again, like the whole movie is just beautiful, but I just, I love that because then. Yeah. You know, he forgives her for what she says and she forgives him. And, you know, they end it on a very, you know, forgiving and loving note. She still wants more, but he's like, look, like, it's okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I think it's because he knew this was going to be the last time, you know, that they both saw each other and he didn't want, no matter how mad he was at her. He didn't want to leave it like that. Right. You know, especially because, you know, he had written her a letter. Right. Um, I guess uh, apart from, because he didn't really leave a suicide note. So I'm assuming. Not that we saw. Not that we saw. Unless the letter to her was his suicide note. But, um, but yeah, so, so what was your favorite part? Or your so favorite interaction? I, I, I was, you know, I was going to say it was a tie and the second one was going to be with Charlie. Yeah. But um, yours was Carlos. Mine's the girl at the bank. Um, oh, the little girl? The little girl at the bank. Yeah. I really like this moment with with George because not only is it just a girl at the bank, it's someone he knows, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the neighbor he was looking looking at while he was in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which uh, has its own has its own thing that we're gonna get into way later, uh, but I I love that he is polite, he's kind, he's charming, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he's not annoyed that this little girl just kind of walked up to him. And... Yeah, um, and he's having this this wonderful you know uh, interaction with this with this young girl, and um, and then of course it it dawns on you who she is when you see the mother. Uh, yeah. show up and oh it's the neighbor right it's the it's the neighbor across the street mm-hmm. and I, of course before that you can tell that they do know each other because she she mentions that her dad thinks he's light in his loafers right which of course is you know 1960s for gay yeah um, and uh derogatory term yeah yeah um and then she says that really you know funny cute thing about her brother being light in his loafers because, but, right, right, right. but he wears cats but he wears cats uh, it's just, it, it's cute. I like it. And I, I like that George is allowing himself to, uh, to be, you know, sort of this charming person for this little girl instead of just yeah. being like, go away. <laughs> hey, right? little girl, fuck off. Yeah. 
instead of just saying go away, you know, fuck off. Yeah. Uh, you know, he you know, he's humoring her, but he's also genuinely enjoying the interaction. Right. Yeah. This isn't something that he's just like, okay, well, let me listen and half pay attention. This is he's having a conversation with this with this girl. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy uh, the way that it's also shot again with the with the color right yeah um he's noticing little details in what she's wearing and you know her blue dress and the you know, when her shoes when the scene started i genuinely thought he was imagining her mm-hmm. uh until he started to talk and i was like okay maybe he's not and then when her mom walks up i was like oh okay oh, okay yeah, yeah. No, she's really there yeah yeah man i i, I really like that interaction too cuz you know she's talking about her scorpion and yeah. Uh, Charlton Heston. Yeah, Charlton Heston. <laughs> um, which I, uh, I, I, I did. Uh, I looked up some trivia, and apparently that was inspired by Tom Ford's actual life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> apparently, they also, when growing up, he and his sister also had a pet scorpion. Um, and they're talking about how, like, you know, when like she says, like, my brother put egg in my hair. Does it look shiny? And that was something that he used to do for his sister, and it. Now, now, kind of looking at that, you know, I, I could see why that would would tie for yours, because it, it is really, I really like it. It's a really great scene, because yeah. yeah, you know, most people, you know, would have been like, oh, okay, well, you know, yeah, can you go away, please? Yeah, you know, especially considering you know George, what George had just done in the scene previous, clearing out a safety deposit box, mm-hmm. and you know, you clear, and this was clearly a a hard thing for him but he still he still like almost cares yeah, like, yeah. To, to to uh to listen to this little girl um Lindsay, i think i don't remember her lauren uh the what's funny is i i recognized her little face right and i uh-huh. go i know that face. um i recently watched the house with uh will ferrell and uh amy poehler and oh that's their daughter Oh, okay. of course. Now she's like, yeah. Now she's grown like, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's who that is. Uh, so it's it's crazy that when I think about two thousand and nine, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So I really, I really like those scenes. Carlos is a great scene. Yeah. Uh, to hang your hat on as well. I, I really enjoy the interaction, especially when George starts speaking Spanish. Oh uh, yeah, dude. But, I was like, um. And how much do you want to bet? Because I didn't find anything about that. But how much went about Colin Firth just like knows Spanish? No Spanish, Spanish probably. Um, unfortunately, it is the Queen. Spain. He's speaking um, with the uh, Spanish uh, from Spain dialect with the lisp, uh, which I don't care for. Uh, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, so anyway. Um, but let's go ahead and let's dive into uh, Nicholas Holt because yeah, man. we're not done. Yeah, no, man. Um, Nicholas Holt, yeah. So, okay, hang on. I just want to get this out. Even though I love the movie, in the beginning with Kenny, I find Kenny very annoying. Okay. Uh, at the beginning. Yeah. Towards the end, I I sort of understand his purpose mm-hmm. in, in the story. But at the beginning, mainly when I first watched the movie, I was like, he's so fucking annoying. <laughs> And this is, uh, you know, 2009. So this is right before he had done X-Men uh, First Class. Um, and, of course, this is, you know, way after he had done About a Boy. And so I'm sure everyone was like, that's the kid from About a Boy? I always forget that he's in that. About a Boy. And About a Boy got him on the map. Yeah, it did. 
Uh, oh, by the way, um, if it, all of you um, Elton John fans out there, that's a mohair sweater, by the way. Uh, when, you know, she's got electric boots and a mohair suit. That's mohair, what he's wearing. Ah. Uh, which looks very nice uncomfortable. Nice in the Jets. Thank you. Uh, it looks very uncomfortable. Um, but, or I guess just it looks like too much. Yeah. You know? That was the style back then. What are you going to do? Yeah. So anyway, that's what mohair looks like. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and Kenny is... We're in, and, and, you know, Tom does this really great thing where we're... Yeah, we see him. But we're meant to understand he's going to play an important role mm-hmm. before he even says a word. Yeah. You know, how Tom films him, you know, with George looking at all the students, you know, obviously it's a trope in most movies and TV when you linger on someone, but it didn't feel forced to me, yeah. you know, when mm-hmm. he lingers on Nicholas Holt and they have this kind of, you know, wave interaction. Um, and I knew I was like, okay, he's, He's going to be someone important later on. Yeah, and pretty significantly important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, which, again, defeats my whole I found him annoying at the beginning because he is a little... Oh, I agree. He's a little much when, I, when they're still at this college. Yeah, the, the you know, because, uh, you know, it's almost like what I would think he would be like with the little girl at the bank. It's sort of like, all right, man, I'm just, you can follow me, you can talk to me, but I'm half listening to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But not this time, right? Yeah. I feel like any other day he would be like, all right, man, but I'm busy. You know? Yeah. But no, he lets uh, Kenny... Walk and talk with him. Walk and talk with him. And, you know, genuinely <sighs> be engaged in the conversation. Is a participant in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, that they're having, and I forgot about what... Um, it's a it's an array of subjects, right, right, you right. know, from do you get high and... Oh, that's right, that's right. You know... Right shaved his eyebrow off that's right. after doing that's mescaline right. which is also a real life story from Tom, Tom Ford um, and there's like other things <laughs> in their conversation you know and then Nicholas Holt buys him a yellow uh, pencil sharpener yeah um, probably costs like 10 cents I don't know man 962 guys uh, ju- just for inflation it's probably a dollar now <laughs> I don't know I, I don't know inflation <laughs> uh but, 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 you know, and then like, and Kenny, you know, and we, and we, and we learned that Kenny has some sort of infatuation with, uh, with George. Yeah, he does. Because when George, after their conversation's over, George goes back to his office, clears it out because I guess maybe to make it easier for them to get his effects. Yeah, maybe. After the deed is done. Again, he's being very thorough. He is very aware of what comes after. Yeah, that right? they're going to have to, you know, get his things in order. Which and... implies how long he's been thinking about this. Yes. Yeah. Um, probably it's been probably probably a few months. And then today just happened to be the day he's like you know yeah it's today it's today yeah. um but you know then you know nicholas holt bugs him <laughs> like you know i saw you are you going on vacation i saw you clear at your office and it's like where were you standing yeah um yeah so in the beginning kenny like i said i find kenny just very annoying yeah until until the end um so after his dinner with charlie um 
He's getting ready to, I guess, to do it. Um, and this is something I've always I've had a trouble with with both watches is okay. why he suddenly decides, I got to go to the barn. Is it because he saw Kenny or was it, he just it, like? It's because that's where he met Jim. Uh, and so he wanted to he wanted to see it one last time. One last time, right? Because we do get that flashback of him meeting Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that bar at least i think it's the same bar right yeah um and so he's just like you know what it's my last day let's go let's go where i met jim and one last time let me and then in his mind let me go see him right so yeah. this is like i'm gonna go go where we met and then i'm gonna go tell jim about it okay okay cool, cool. that's pretty that's what i think that's what and then of course that's oh, and that, what, that makes more sense right and that's where he sees kenny well and and we know that Kenny is actually watching him because of that great pan shot and we see kenny's bike behind the bush which uh, for five seconds I was like, is that? And I had to rewind it. I was like, Kenny's watching him. Yeah, Kenny. Come on. And yeah, and so Kenny follows him to the bar where they have this really great discussion of uh, the future. But this is when George is George is also now in color. Yeah. Um, because something about sitting down and talking with Kenny is actually feeling him. With joy, yeah. more than he's felt all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have this great discussion about how, you know, death is the future of everything, but that doesn't mean it has to be sad. Uh, which Great conversation. And very uh, natural, mm-hmm. you know, this conversation. Very, very, uh, very Tarantino-level dialogue, <laughs> in, my, in my opinion. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and then they go for a swim. Yeah. Um, which... This is when Ashley joined me in on my rewatch, and I was like, "Hey, you're about to see Nicholas Holt's bare ass." Yeah. And then, and she was like, "Wow, it's really athletic." He's very thin. He is in, very thin in, in this movie. He's very thin. Uh, <laughs> but then George gets uh, hurt because uh, the crashing waves kind of, kind of hit him a little too hard. Yeah. And so this is when they go back to George's house, and Kenny. Kind of gets a little bit more... I mean, I'm sure Kenny kind of knew George was probably gay. But this is when Kenny gets a little bit more inside of George's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Kenny's kind of our... He's kind of like the audience, you know? Because mm-hmm. I honestly, at this point in the movie, I was like, I don't, I don't want George to die, though. Yeah, I know. And I was like, I don't, I don't want him to. Like, come on, man. Like, we, we've spent this whole day with you. I don't want you to die. Yeah. And, um, and, and Kenny be, kind of becomes the audience because he takes George's gun and he sleeps with it. So George couldn't, because he, I'm assuming probably connected the dots. Yeah. That George was going to kill himself. Yeah. And Kenny, Kenny's like, no, I don't, I don't want you to do that. Yeah. But as it turns out, that doesn't matter. Yes. Which, uh. Oh, man, I I was not expecting that ending. Yeah, I um, which is wild because rewatching it, um, Tom Ford sets it up that that's what's going to happen. Beginning of the movie, um, so he before, takes his aspirin, which is of course if you if you're doing that every morning as a as part of your routine. Means you have a heart problem it, it, normally yeah. if because it thins your blood and it makes it so it won't clot or anything. Right. Yeah. Um, and we should mention so George does not kill himself, <laughs> but 
So, yeah, so he takes his aspirin. He kind of sort of stumbles a little bit. And then Charlie mentions the heart attack he had a year ago. And he's like, ah, it wasn't it wasn't a heart attack. It wasn't yeah. a heart And so Tom sets it up. Like, hey, this is going to come back. Yeah. Pay attention. And so George has this almost epiphany. I'm not going to kill myself. Locks his gun away. Burns all evidence of that he was going to commit suicide with the letter to Charlie. And has this great inner monologue that I cannot recite because what happens next, I didn't care anymore. Yeah. And he suffers a heart attack. Um, and, and I mean, and presumably dies. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that's the movie. That's, yeah. that's the single man. Yeah. 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 Um, again, yeah. one of my favorite movies, um, when, uh, when I was in grad school for that semester, um, it was, I've told the story many, many times, but it's, it was supposed to be an Alfred Hitchcock class, but that professor has a relapsing remitting something or other. Uh-huh. And it relapsed. And so, meaning the illness relapsed. And so we had a, another professor take his place. Didn't know anything about film analysis or any film studies, film history, anything like that. So he's like, we're going to do a Cold War era literature class. <laughs> Not knowing anything about literature and how hard it could be to learn. Because um, Jeremy doesn't know how to read. No. And so I said, I'll just stick it out. Uh, this is one of the books we read. Uh, we read um, A Single Man. And I really, really liked it. Not in, I had already seen the movie at this point a few times. And no. so I was like, ooh, I really like this movie. Let's, you know, um, the book is probably good. And it was. Um, um, is there is there much difference from the, the book to the movie? Not really. So so Tom really sticks to yeah, yeah. I mean, the source it's, material? Yeah, I mean, it's the book, man. It's and, and didn't you say that? I want to say you said the same thing about Nocturnal Animals, apart from the title. Yeah, I think it's pretty. And that one's on my Audible. I haven't listened to it yet, Tony and Susan. Um, but I would assume so. If you know, yeah. if it's any indication about this one, then yeah, yeah, Tony and Susan, it should have been pretty close. Um, and I don't remember what I said two years ago <laughs> uh, about it. So yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, so you said to stick it out. Yeah, stuck it out, and God, we read a lot of books, man. Or they read books. I followed along while someone else read it to me on Audible. Because <laughs> um, we did, we did like the Bell Jar. Uh, who fucking cares? Um, breakfast at Tiffany's. Hey, that was in this movie. And I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? And we just got sued by Deep Blue Something. That's um, okay. I'll just, I'll, future Rain will probably bleep you out. Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's a long bleep. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we read that. We were like Talented Mr. Ripley. We read, um, you know, a bunch of books. So essentially, you all read like a ton of books that have also have adaptations of movies. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't watch any other ones besides this one uh, in preparation. Number one, because Breakfast at Tiffany's, that adaptation is not straightforward. Um but um, Michael C. Hall read that one to me. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the narrator for, for that one. Um, and that's me. Call me. Yeah. We'll talk about it. So. <laughs> but I'm anyway. just trying to like envision 
Michael Sarah in a recording. No, not Michael Sarah. Michael C. Hall. Oh, Michael C. Hall. Yeah, okay, Michael okay. Hall. Oh, so it was Dexter. Yeah, it was Dexter. Dexter, and it, it sounded like Dexter. I'll tell you that. Uh, you hear like a knife sharpening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Speaking of, we need to watch the new uh, Dexter. Do I need I need to watch like the last two seasons of the original run before I watch the new season. <sighs> I wouldn't. Anyway, um, but anyway, so this one, I wrote two papers. One was a short story at the end of Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, Truman Capote, right? Um, and yeah. I wrote about the surrealism of of that story and compared it to surrealism films I've seen, right? Okay. Uh, made a C because I didn't use one literary reference because all I was doing was referencing movies, right? Uh-huh. Um, so pff, that was a wash. <laughs> this one... I just did not know what to write about because I was a little shook from that C, right? Uh-huh. Um, I was like, bro, man, like, I don't even know, dude. And he goes, okay, well, which, which book did you like? You know? I said, I really liked A Single Man, right? Uh-huh. And he goes, okay. And I don't know if he already had this in his pocket or something, but he was like, oh, why don't you do, um, compare the mid-century modern aesthetic uh, of the architecture and the, uh, the furniture and stuff to the narrative of I go what <laughs> I said what does that even mean you know and uh-huh. I was like what even is mid century what are you talking about you know and I'm sorry am I going to school for architecture yeah. or I'm like that's dumb and then I was like I don't have any other better options so that's what I'm going to do and so I wrote about the mid century modern aesthetic uh in comparison to the the events and the narrative of a single man. Okay. Turns out they correlate. So um, I want you to imagine in your mind's eye and then maybe put it here. The house. Okay, the house he lives in. Oh, yeah, that dope-ass house. Yeah. So number one, uh, it is really nice, right? Yeah. It's a nice house. A lot of glass. A lot of glass, right? Mm-hmm. So that is very important, the glass. Yes. Um, as he mentions to Jim in the film, you know, you, you aren't ready to live in a glass house, right? Because he is being very, uh, openly affectionate mm-hmm. to George. And it's like, bro, like people can't see this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because of, you know, it's 1962. Yeah. Uh, and so the glass house is sort of like hiding in plain sight. Right. Mm hmm. But it also plays into his voyeuristic, which is why and I joked that I put the definition of what voyeurism is to make more words for more page count. Um, if anyone's wondering what he's pointing to, he's got his laptop I open laptop with, his, with the paper that he wrote. Yeah, and uh, I could read some of it too um, if I really needed to. But uh, And I actually have it open on the voyeuristic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the definition of voyeurism. But, you know, because he likes to look out into the, you know... Uh, into his neighborhood he likes to people watch he does like to people watch but not only does he like to people watch a lot of it is he's watching other people to see if they're noticing him right yeah that's a lot of that Uh, so it's not just i'm watching people to watch them i'm watching them to see if they see me yes and what are they saying right yeah um it's also a very close close close-knit very intimate house right yeah. Like when he's in the kitchen, it's small, right? Yeah. Um, as I, it might, this one might be in the book. I don't remember if it was in the movie, but um, 
he says that there's really no room to feel lonely. Right? There's really no room to be lonely in this house. I think that was in the book. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, of course, that ends up not being true. Right? Because with Jim gone, mm. it might as well be, you know, a 10,000 acre, you know, ranch yeah. house. It, he's He's lonely. Right? There's so much space in there that Jim used to fill that is no longer being filled. So, no matter how small the intimate space is, the you know, he is still very lonely. And this is, you know. Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying that, I was kind of thinking about some of the scenes and, you know, they, Tom Ford does this really great thing when, when we're seeing George by himself in the house, the house does look much bigger. And then when we get our flashbacks with him and Jim, the house feels a little smaller. Yeah. Because Jim's there, their dogs are there. Which, I want to point out, that hurt me a lot that only one of the dogs maybe survived the wreck. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. Like, well, there's no dogs in the in the present day, so I think you're fine. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, and it also, it seems like George has taken all of Jim's stuff out, too. I guess to maybe help not having any reminders. Right. Even though those reminders will still be there. So, like, as hard as this paper was to write, because, you know, I had to learn about what mid-century modernist was. <laughs> um, it gave me, a, it gave me a, a deeper level to this movie, right? And uh-huh. to the story. <laughs> to where that not only is the glass, which is, of course, you know, that one's an easy one. But, like, in the book, he describes the staircase. He describes the kitchen. He describes, like, you know, in... It matters. It, yeah. it matters. The space that he's living in, that he occupies, is relevant to who he is and what he's going through. Mm-hmm. Right? All that matters. And so I, I really like that it's a different way to look at the story and it's a different way to write and tell a story by making all of that stuff matter. Yeah. Right? Uh, which I really, really liked. So thank you, Dr. Lagapa. I hate that you still gave me a C. Um <laughs> I didn't meet the page requirement. Uh, <laughs> I was like this much off. Dude. And by this much, I mean a page. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That's, well, I mean. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, what are you going to do? But I do, but I did really like the idea of it. And. Well, and, 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 you know, and it, and we get so many flashbacks in the house, you know, we get to outside of the house when they first meet and i'm assuming probably like maybe their first or second date you know when they're out in the canyons so but all the other flashbacks are in the house and you know it's it is very intimate and it's very it's also very dark right the dark wood yeah in there right it it was a dope ass house and it's also very interesting because he's a college professor Mm -hmm. right this is a very affluent neighborhood he's living in. And it's a very expensive looking house. Yeah. Right? Like he's and not... And he's driving a dope ass Mercedes. That's true. So it also gives you an instance of, you know, was Jim, you know... Well, Jim was in the Navy. Doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> uh, are people in armed forces get paid very well. I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't know. 
because uh, that isn't true. <laughs> but, you know, it's almost like, you know, it, it gives you a sense of, you know, there's something else. Like, he comes from money also. That's yeah. what it seems like to me. Well, and shout out to another Colin Firth movie, Kingsman. You know, he's got a pinky ring. So that makes sense that he... That, how? How did you just make that connection? Because so he talks about how, you know, a gentleman wears, like, the pinky ring. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Kingsman. Oh, um, I probably won't see The King's Man because, you know, it's it's been too long. Oh, Plus, The Golden God. Circle wasn't very good. Anyway, um, so, I mean, that makes sense that, he, that George would come for money. Well, you know, it does make sense because, you know, when he clears out a safety deposit box, he's got bonds and, you know, and on all kinds of stuff that I guess he was going to give to Charlie. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, so it makes more sense that, you know, as a college professor, he would have money. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. He's got a dope-ass house. He does. And it's and it's a very important house in, yeah. in terms of narrative, which, again, I really like. I really and like is a real house. It was yes. not just built for the movie. It's a real house in Los Angeles. The guy who built the house um, was, worked under uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. No shit. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So you can see where a lot of his influence came from, from learning from Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Google who that is. I don't have time. Yeah. But, future Rain. Don't worry about that shit. Yeah. I don't have time. So like he's an architect. Don't worry about it. Don't worry right? about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, learning from him and, and seeing how you can, you know, make a building be art. Right. Yeah. Uh, the I forgot his name. It's in the paper. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, well. I'll have to. I'll you know. Future Ren will have to look it up to put up a picture of the house. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that'd be great. So, but anyway, it's it's an interesting looking house, mm-hmm. which is interesting in and of itself because it's almost like why would George want the attention, right? Yeah. Uh, again, it's that hiding in plain sight. It's the I don't want you to notice me. But it's also you know it. It's funny that he lives in this house that is sort of, you know, a, for lack of a better word, a cool looking house yeah. because he is not cool. Uh, he's very bland. He's a very bland guy. And yeah, um, at least up until that day, uh, he seems to be very, you know, uh, extraordinarily ordinary. Yeah. You know, um, and I do, uh, this is an oops I forgot before that section of the show. Um, I love the opening narration of It Takes a While for Me to Be George. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so do I. I really like that. I love it. And of course, that's how the book opens as well, um, where he's having to piece these things together. And in the book, he goes a little bit into more detail what Peach does, um, what, you know, uh, becoming George, mm-hmm. right? Um and I just like the idea of he is he is nothing without these things, yeah. right? He's nothing uh, without his shirt and his tie, and uh, his tie clip and his glasses and mm-hmm. you know, his shoes. Um, I really like that. It's almost yeah. like you know a piece of him has already died, right? Yeah. These things are just, you know, maintaining the pieces. Right. It's 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 the barely holding it together. Yeah, it's it's the, yeah. I was just about to say it's the the tape that's barely, yeah, keeping him together. Well, not barely. I mean, 
this was the day he was going to kill himself. And so. I love the shot of of him touching his lip with the, with the, the ink, ink on his hand. Yeah, love it. Yeah, man. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's what I got for a single man. Well, uh, yeah. Um, Except that John Hamm is in the movie. Did you catch it? Well, that was my oops. I forgot. That was gonna be my oops. Okay. I forgot. Vocal the, cameo from John Hamm. Yeah. Because I was wondering who that was, and I was looking up trivia. It was like John Hamm. I was like, oh, oh no shit. Because then now I hear it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my oops. I forgot. But uh, so Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up? Wrap up. I am. I, I I'm glad that Tom Ford took the reins on this one. Yeah. Him being gay, mm-hmm. and having a uh, an older husband. Uh, I think. Well. R.I.P. His husband has passed away. Yeah, gives gives this a sense of personal touch. Right? Yeah, because there is a I would say probably maybe a ten year age gap between Jim and George. Yeah, and um, I mean as evidenced by Jim repeatedly calls him old oh, man. Everybody does. Yeah, right? Charlie does too. Yeah, um, even though he's really not that old. Yeah, but. You know, it, it, again, it gives this, you know, it, it's almost like he's putting himself into this. Yeah. You know, which, which is what a good director does. Yeah. Right. Um, especially since he, he helped with the the script. Yep. You know, which I think he also. Did not help with the costumes. People think he did. Yeah. Um, People think he did and he didn't. So there you go. Yeah. Look, listen. Tom Ford doesn't have to do all the suits in all his movies. No, dude. That's probably the one time he gets a break from that. I know. He's like, like oh, thank look, God, I don't have to worry about the suits. Look, I've got all these other things I've got to handle. <laughs> you handled the suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Great, thanks. It fine. looks good. Cool. Yeah, it looks fine. I don't care. I do not care. <laughs> um, uh, oh, you want to hear another oops I forgot. Uh, he self-financed this movie. Yeah, he bu- basically bought it himself, right? The whole yeah. thing. Um, which probably comes from all selling $5,000 uh, evening jackets. Yeah. Which, Tom, please give me that one I put up last week. Did you see the one I put up? I mean, it's no. at the very end of the episode. Uh, so they, nah, it's, just, it, it's tight. I'll show it to you. Is it cool? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. But yeah, man, you know, like I said, uh, I, I watched this on my own and loved it. I will definitely find a Blu-ray. Um, if they're going to do a 4K transfer, for sure I'll comp they that. They did just, Paramount just, or not Paramount, I'm sorry, uh, Sony just released... Again, re-released this one in the road. Uh, it's on Amazon for twelve bucks a piece. So that's uh, on Blu-ray or four. Yeah, Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Yeah, Blu-ray. Uh, it's probably probably we probably won't get a four K transfer for a while. Yeah, not not for that. I, I don't think. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I for sure definitely would get it. You know, and I, I just love it, man. It was, I didn't going into it. I knew I was going to enjoy it because I I really enjoyed um, Nocturnal Animals. Um, but I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I actually did. Yeah. You know, it was it was great, man. I think if I knew who Tom Ford was beforehand, I would have gone into it a little differently. Because I would have no. just, you know, saw him as this thing, which is this fashion mogul. Yeah. Maybe like a fashion person made a movie. Like, it can't be good, right? Yeah. I think I would have gone into it that way. But I'm glad I didn't know, because I, I don't know anything about fashion or Gucci or anything like Neither that. Neither do I. Um, I didn't even know he had worked for Gucci until like when I was trying to figure out about this movie oh. and I was like, Oh, he had worked for Gucci before he made his own brand and took it out of bankruptcy. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. So Gucci, that, that Gucci belt you're wearing. That's Tom Ford. That's Tom Ford. <laughs> Dude, now we're going to get sued by the, the, the Gucci family. I don't care. Like they're just like, they're trying to sue Ridley Scott right now. I cannot wait to see that. Dude. How's the Gucci? How's the Gucci, man? It's going to be tight. So Jeremy, 
Uh, what are we talking about next week, my man? Okay, so I was thinking about it during this episode. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you can notice. I can do two things at once. And so... Wait, you can? I can. Or at least I can I can talk about a movie while thinking about other ones. And I was thinking, you know, I still want it to be weird. Yeah. Right? But, you know what we haven't done in a while? What haven't we done in a while? Is a Tarkovsky movie. Oh, okay. So next week, we're going to be talking about Mirror. Nice. Um... Uh, Andrei Tarkovsky, uh, very excited. Um, this one I have not seen all the way through. I've I've started it and then I've either fallen asleep <laughs> because I always start movies too late. <laughs> well, don't do that. Or I've gotten interrupted. So um, this time, no excuse. Filthy mouth, no excuse. Find it, boys. Um, <laughs> I really. That's the second time you've quoted "Bleed It Out" on the podcast. Well, it's a great song. Well, except for Chester's part. Jesus um, Christ! Don't have to worry about that anymore. Shut the fuck up. Well, they may they may not even be together after this. That's true. So, uh, Mir Tarkovsky, very, very excited. I, uh, I'm a know, big I, fan of Tarkovsky. I so. am also uh, excited, my man. You know, because... Just I got had, a Criterion release, by the way. I, I had my mixed feelings about Stalker, um, but the more and more I thought about Stalker, the more I... I, I got excited. Like, I, I, I distinctly remember saying I didn't hate the movie, but I didn't enjoy it. You know, because that was the first foreign film I'd really ever seen. Mm. But the more I thought about it, the more I, I, I fell in love with it. And the more I, I got excited to see another Tarkovsky movie. Both, uh, all three of his movies are on my Criterion wish list. Stalker, this, and uh, Solaris. Um, I would love to have that his other one. But I don't think that's going to get a Criterion release. No, I have the other ones. Uh, Kino did a few. So Kino did Nostalgia. And sacrifice, uh-huh. um, and you also need Ivan's childhood. By the way, that does, oh, that, that's that does I, have a I, Ivan's childhood and um, Andre Rublev. Right, right, all right. okay, all his movies except for Nostalgia and Sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. are on my criteria. Awesome, list. right. On. Uh, but anyway, no, I'm you know, I'm excited, man, because I've been wanting to get this one on Criterion, and I think Amazon still has it on sale. Should it, they should because it's still November. So, um, um, hey, fifty percent off sale still going on on Barnes and Noble, and a little bit of that is on Amazon because they don't like to be outshined. So yeah, because um, Bezos can't. Yeah, can't handle it. Can't handle it. So the Criterion fifty percent off sale still going on. Yeah, because so I because that's early December. My next week when I get paid, uh, I'm getting our end of series. Okay, uh, nice. End of season series. Uh, uh, ooh, 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 uh, and and I'll probably get that too. Well, actually, no, I won't have time to get that next week because that's when we'll have to watch it. So I'll have to probably go to Not Hastings and get it. Oh uh, yeah, they got it there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you gotta get that Criterion release. Oh, one hundred percent. Uh yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, All it's right, also man. amazing. Yeah, we'll get it to it next week. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I just love Tarkovsky and I love talking about because it, it's like it, it's it's visual poetry. I, I love Tarkovsky. So yeah. Well, like I said, man, I'm I'm excited, uh, especially for our end of season series. Yeah. Uh, which we'll, we'll get we'll tease that when it gets closer. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So we hope everyone enjoyed a single man, and we'll see you next week for Mirror. <laughs>